Southern Brazil is more than just Agazu Falls and Rio. It also has magnificent beaches, unique cultures, and a variety of shopping and dining options and many other unexpected experiences. show uh, thank you for listening all around the world at traveladviceshow.com and we're also on itunes and uh, i'd like to it, we have a great show today and i'm chris newton one of the co-hosts and i'd like to introduce my other co-host uh, how you doing jerry oh fantastic oh great yeah would and you I, yeah would you like to introduce our guests and, and topic to. okay today we have martha severa from Mon- Marnella. Tours, M-A-R-N-E-L-L-A, Tours, talking today with us about Southern Brazil. Welcome to the show, Martha. Thank you, uh, Jerry and Chris. A pleasure being with you. And uh, we are going to try and move kind of fast down the southern part of Brazil. Uh, We've already touched on the north. So that you can appreciate the difference of this incredibly large country and the mix that we have, not only on backgrounds, but uh, cultures and uh, things uh, to see which are completely different from the northern area of the country. So how about we start with uh, Brasilia, which we already, I think, touched it a little bit, but once we see Brasilia, which is a one-day program just to see the architecture and and how incredibly modern it is, uh, considering it's been around for quite a while, um, and they were ahead of their time, we will go to uh, Rio de Janeiro. Rio, of course, is uh, what most people think of Brazil. When they come and they say, I want to go to Brazil, they actually mean I want to go to Rio. <laughs> because, Rio, yes, yeah, yeah. And you have to kind of tell them, okay, uh, where in Brazil would you like to go and how long do you have? Because this is a very big country. Uh, but yes, it's always, I would say 90% of the people yeah. are thinking of Brazil equals Rio. And Rio, is a, it's, a, it's a wonderful city. It is uh, both extremes. Either you fall in love with Rio or you hate Rio. There's nothing in between, unfortunately, Mm. because it's, um, I guess it's because of the extremes of the city itself. It's a city. It's not a resort. And this is something that people need to understand. Uh, Rio is a booming city, business uh, like any other city, you can see a, somebody with a briefcase, not a suit, because that's not seen in Rio, but definitely dressed for work. And then right there, there's a girl in a tanga, bikini, <laughs> crossing the street to go to the beach. And this is normal, you know. <laughs> it is absolutely normal. Yeah. Uh, so you need to understand that uh, uh, concept so that when you go to Rio, you don't think that you're going to walk out of your hotel and the sand is right there. Mm 
we do not have resort properties in Rio except one, and that's the Sheraton, which is away from Copacabana, about a good 15 minutes by car, and it's kind of isolated. So it was built as a resort for groups and for incentives. But all of the other hotels that are on the main strip, strip of Avenida Atlantica, that those are all oceanfront. You have to cross a six-lane avenue to get to the beach. All right? So then when you get to the beach, you have to fight for a spot because you have people playing soccer, volleyball, doing exercise, or walking. <laughs> so it's not like... Yeah, you're not in Punta Cana, let's put it that way. <laughs> so it's it's important, and yeah. that is that's what Rio is all about. Rio is a, a state of mind. You walk in the very early in the morning. Everybody is very, you know, into their bodies and how they look because bodies are all over the place, and you feel like, oh, my God, what am I doing here? But it's good. It's a good incentive to get yeah. back and go on a diet. Yeah, <laughs> go right. To the gym. right. <laughs> yes. And you know what? The funny part about it is that you know who are the girls from Copacabana, the uh, cariocas, as we call them, right? because they can walk with a very teeny string bikini, and they're not self-conscious. They're very comfortable. Mm. So consequently, you don't. Uh, you look at them, and it's not like you're uncomfortable looking at somebody like this, like you would in the states. That you see them, that they're not in the own. You know, it's not their right. thing. So they walk around a little bit, you know, shy. No, no, no. They don't have a problem. But anyway, that's one aspect of of Rio. Then, of course, Rio is a, a city that wakes up at night. At night, you have zillions of restaurants, nightclubs. You can still listen to a live band and go dancing. It's uh, a mix of the food, which is fantastic because it has the Portuguese and the Afro combined. Uh, consequently, you you have different tastes, you know. And on Saturdays, the big thing is to have a feijoada. And the feijoada is like a stew, which mm. came from the days of the um, uh, slaves, that the, they, they would pick up all the leftovers of the food, and they would make this incredible stew, and that's what they would eat, which is a feijoada. Today, it is one of the typical foods of, of Brazil in general, but mainly in Rio, mm. that you would have a good feijoada and then take a nap, and sleep all afternoon. So, because with a feijoada afterwards, you don't really want to go anywhere. <laughs> you have all kinds of be of meats, beans, potatoes, and then of course this comes with the farofa, which is like a um, kind of a powdery thing that comes out of the yuca, the um, which is a typical root also that you can find them here today but uh, this is uh, this is all very typical of that part of the world and mm -hmm. you have the caipirinhas which is the cachaça with lemon and ice in, and you cannot leave that country without having a good caipirinha they're delicious mm -hmm. with lots of sugar so they go down very soft and hit very fast <laughs> 
Now, the other thing, of course, that I have to touch on is that Rio is a very gay-friendly destination. Mm. So, again, it, it attracts uh, uh, another kind of public, which sometimes is a little harder in other parts of the world, in South America especially, but not in Rio. And especially during Carnival. How can you miss Carnival? I mean, this mm -hmm. is the big thing in Rio in February. It kind of varies on the dates depending because it ends on Ash Wednesday, so you look oh, at it backwards, and right. that weekend is, is Carnival. It's not in the streets. You have to go downtown Rio, buy a ticket to see the Carnival, which takes about three or four blocks that is all closed out, and uh, it's something spectacular. It starts around 8 o'clock at night, and it finishes the following morning. Oh, wow. And all the night. tickets run about 300 to $400, depending on where you sit. Really? And you can go in and out as you wish, you know, and they have shuttles going back and forth to the hotels. But it's not something that you're going to stand at your window and say, oh, there goes Carnival. No. Yeah. The Carnival Parade is <laughs> something that takes all night. Every every group can be anywhere from 500 to 1,000 people, mm -hmm. and they are all samba schools. And these samba schools practice all year round wow. just for this parade because oh it costs them a lot of money, and normally the samba schools are made of very poor people. And they go out and they dance in the streets, they dance in different places just to to get money to participate in the carnival parade. So it is, uh, yeah, it's something that Brazil lives for every year. At this point right now, they're already getting ready for, for carnival, and they just live for that. This is the big thing, carnival and soccer. Mm -hmm. and, and, and they're happy. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you need in life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. What do you need anymore? That's yeah. it. But yeah. again, Rio is some, it's a place that uh, besides this, of course, you have the most beautiful bay in the world. Oh. Uh, Guanabara Bay compared to Hong Kong and, these, and Australia is one of the most beautiful bays in the world when you have Corcovado at one side and Sugarloaf at the other. Corcovado is where that big Christ the Redeemer is. All right. And then right. the other mountain on the other side, which is uh, Sugarloaf, uh, Pan de Azúcar, which makes it for spectacular scenery. That's why Rio also, it's a very big destination for incentives. Corporations oh. love to, um, you know, take their people to Rio because there's, it gives them a little bit of everything, and it's supposed to be very exotic, something that you don't, probably most people cannot afford to go on their own, but if it's given to them as a prize, it's a fabulous thing. Mm. Could you spend so, a second talking yeah. about how we get to the top of Ponzazuka? I think that is... Pan de Azúcar, you have a, you, you have a um, um, chairlift that takes you to two, two uh, steps, you halfway which is the first part of the mountain, and then there's a second one, which is even higher. And the whole idea is, of course, to be able to see the whole view of, of Copacabana 
and Rio and the bay and all of this. And then on the other side with uh, sugar with um, Christ the Redeemer, that's a different situation. We have a we have a the uh, cable car and we have like a subway that goes up, right? Mm-hmm. A train. Or, if not, we also have a road that goes all the way up, so we have choices of going by jeep and seeing the Tijuca Forest, or going the buses that go up to a certain level, and then from there you have to walk the steps. So it's something that people, if they have problems walking, they can go as far as to the first level, because you do have a lot of steps that you have to climb to get to the very top where the, the actual statue is. While we're, but, still, on, mm-hmm. while we're still on Rio, uh, can you give just a couple of examples of, like, day trips? Um, in are there Re- beaches that they think Ipanema should be anywhere nearby Rio? Certainly. Uh, the most popular part to stay is in Copacabana. Copacabana is not only an area like say Manhattan but the important thing is where in Copacabana which is mm-hmm. the same thing as New York where in Manhattan mm-hmm. so you want to be on Avenida Atlantica which is the main strip and that's oceanfront from there this avenue continues all the way around until it gets to Ipanema Ipanema is mostly also oceanfront of course but it is uh, where all the high-end apartments are. So it's a combination of apartments and hotels. There are not that many hotels uh, there. Now we have the Fasano, which has, it's today probably right under the Copacabana Palace, but on the modern side, it's probably the only new hotel we have. And the Caesars Park, of course, and others. Mm-hmm. Uh, other hotels in in the area of Ipanema, but Copacabana, Avenida Atlantica, still is the most popular place to be at. Uh, and being that the Copacabana Palace is the gem, it is a national monument today, uh, mm-hmm. and it's on its own. It's a Belmore Hotel. Oh, really? <clears throat> very expensive, but very beautiful. And the yeah. service, I bet, is impeccable. Oh, certainly, up to the Belmore, yeah, like all of those hotels, this chain of hotels. It is very, very deluxe, and uh, believe it or not, it's also very popular because the people that are traveling, obviously, are high-end people, most of them, uh, that can afford to do these trips. So the hotel fits right into their needs. Um, it is not a destination for somebody that says, well, I have, you know, $1,500 and I want to uh, air and land, and it's not going to work. It's not realistic because you're going to spend over $1,000 just on air, and, uh, and those hotels are not cheap. But again, it's definitely a destination that you have to go at least once in your lifetime. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, it, it, it's Mar- worth saving for it. <laughs> yeah. I uh, totally agree. Yeah. Last summer, and I, now, I in, mm-hmm. oh, last summer, I was in Cusco, and I stayed at a Belmont Hotel in Cusco, and then I stayed yeah. at the Monasterio? 
No, mm-hmm. next door. Oh, right, the Palacio. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh, yeah. Because it has a swimming pool, a lap pool, uh-huh. and I like to swim. And then uh, up on Machu Picchu, we stayed up there, just literally right. 50 feet from the gate, the main entrance of Machu Picchu. Yes. Yeah. Right, the sanctuary. But these yes. are hotels that today are in the 1500 and up per room right. per night. Tell me yeah. about it. I don't die. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so I only go the when they invite me. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah here's the Fargo book when you stay five nights total in Cusco <laughs> at that hotel. <laughs> but it's worth exactly. every penny. I tell you, I tell you the Belmont, I've stayed in several of the Belmont throughout the world, <clears throat> I tell, uh, particularly Europe and South America. And I tell you, the service is definitely up there. It's excellent. Yes. It so is. After, I mean, they have to. With those prices, it better be. <laughs> Otherwise, you have all the right to complain. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I know. Is, is there anything else we should know about uh, Rio de Janeiro and well, the environment around it? Uh, then, of course, for those people that really would love to be at the beach and they arrive to Rio and they say, oh, this is not the beach I was thinking of. I love it, but I want to go and get my feet in the sand and sunbathe, you have Bucios, which is only a couple of hours from Rio. Mm-hmm. And now you have arrived to a beautiful resort, which used to be a fisherman's village, and it has only uh, small boutique properties, except for mm-hmm. a couple that have been built lately. But most of them are boutique properties and bed and breakfasts. This is uh, where Brigitte Bardot made it very famous because she built a home there. So all of a sudden, anybody who was anybody, all the jet setters, start going to Bucios. And you can see it by going to the little village of Bucios, which uh, people might be walking around with torn blue jeans, but those blue jeans cost them 300 bucks, you know, so it's okay (laughs) if they're torn. And this is what you're going to see all over the place sidewalk cafes with the cobblestone uh, sidewalks. Everybody, you can uh, rent a moped and move around that way. And each one of these hotels is more beautiful than the other one. It's a great honeymoon destination. And again, it's a great way getting out of Rio for a few days, you know, and experiencing something different. This would be Bucios. And then, of course, you have going south, uh, maybe, again, an hour and a half to two hours, you have Angra. Angra do Rey is another beach resort with uh, with hotels that are more family-oriented. They are right there on the beach. So it is what you envision of Rio, which is not. And... <laughs> You can take the kids there. They have fun. They have all the water sports you want. And, uh, you know, you're kind of in one area where you're not going to have a problem of the kids getting lost or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So those are two areas that I would highly recommend if you, go, if, you have, if you only want to go to Rio and you have a whole week. This is the way to mix it a little bit, doing Bucios and Rio or doing Angra and Rio. And you don't have to fly. You can do it by land, and it becomes uh, very uh, convenient and less of a hassle. And again, of course, 
less expensive because you're not flying from Rio to somewhere else. Mm-hmm. But uh, so this would be something that you you might want to combine. Then, of course, now I think that we should start moving because mm-hmm. otherwise yeah. we're going to run out of time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a big place. It's a big place. All right. Yeah. So I would say that if you are in Rio and one hour away from Rio, you have the most beautiful place, a state, which is Minas, Minas Gerai. Minas Gerai is uh, considered an UNESCO uh, heritage mm. destination, and it's combined of several little towns. And being San Jao de Rey, uh, Belo Horizonte, of course, which is a very big city, but that's where you would fly. Oro Preto, Tiradentes. And these are areas that, it's for me, it's a must. I fell in love with this place because it is uh, the old uh, Brazil. This is where the mines, all the mines were found there. Uh-huh. And... Of course, you have the the emeralds and aquamarines, tourmalines, uh, you know, topazes. They're all. This is where they mined all of them. H. Stearns has their mine. You know, that's where they brought all the mines for the stores. Mm-hmm. So, from there, you start going to all these little places where you can go by car. It's a circuit that takes three nights, four days, and you stop in each one. Each one is more beautiful than the other. Mm. It's like a photographer's paradise because they have kept the old Portuguese uh, architecture mm-hmm. uh, in every one of them. In San Jao de Rey, you arrive and there is a church that still has chamber music, and wow. you can sit there and listen. And the people, and it's uh, you know you can hear it outside also. They have microphones, and the people are listening to chamber music in the middle of nowhere. It is fascinating. Then, of course, Oro Preto, it's a place where you can walk around and you go from one antique store to another. And the art collection is incredible. Uh, One of the the most famous um, uh, artists there uh, was called Alejandrino, which one of the curators of the Louvre called him the Michelangelo of the tropics because of all the work that he did, beautiful things. And uh, like this, you will find all over the places. It's up in the mountain area. So it's, it's quiet. The people, because of the highlands, are different than the ones in the coast. They're not rowdy. They don't talk loud or anything like that. When you get back to Rio, it's like, oh, my God, the noise is going to drive me crazy. (laughs) After being three or four days in this peaceful, wonderful scenery, beautiful, you know, the Rhode Island lanterns, you think that that you're in a completely different uh, country. It Somehow it has nothing to do with Brazil, but it's, it's a must. It's something that I would recommend doing the circuit. And this is where the last the viceroys had their summer home also. So you see all the history of Brazil here. Many so, of the presidents come from so this So you area. would stay in Bel Horizonte? No, you do, the, you do the circuit. I mean, you fly to Bel Horizonte, which right. is a one-hour flight. Actually, right. American even has direct flights to Bel Horizonte, by the way. Really? And 
Yes, because there's a lot of business <coughs> that goes on there. Oh. So from Belo Horizonte, they pick you up by car, and then they take you doing all the circuit of the cities uh, of uh, Oro Preto, which is the combination of going to Marianas, to San Jao de Rey. In some places, because it's a very short distance, you just go spend the day and continue on. In some, you overnight until you get to Oro Preto, which is the main uh, town of all these of all this group, right. and that's where you spend the last night. And then it's it's near enough to Rio that you can drive back, or they they take you back to Belo Horizonte and fly you back. Yeah, whichever is uh -huh. more convenient, depending on what kind of program you want. Right. But uh, this is something that uh, I would certainly put it on your list of things to do if you're going back to Rio for a second time and now you want to see a little bit more of Brazil. No? Mm -hmm. um, then, of course, from there, we start moving to the Mato Grosso. Now you're looking at the adventure travel. Mato Grosso is all the area, the Pantanal, which is like the Everglades, mm -hmm. and you have Mato Grosso is divided between the uh, uh, Mato Grosso South and Mato Grosso North. You have uh, you fly either to Campo Grande in the South or Cuiba in the North. These are all adventure travel. This is not for everybody. They, we don't have high-end uh, hotels, of course. They're all haciendas, uh, farm, well, estates, you know, mm -hmm. farms, but estates, I have to say, because it's not a farm. And they have converted them into, like, bed and breakfasts. Mm -hmm. They're very beautiful. They're all the, uh, you know, the owners still live there. And that's where you stay, and then from there they take you on daily uh, excursions to see the uh, wildlife, which is one of the biggest in Brazil. And this is, uh, of course, uh, bordering Bolivia. And um, from there, you can easily go to Santa Cruz. But uh, it's something uh, that uh, people are looking for because it's different and very, uh, very unexplored. You know, it's very real. This is not Disneyland. So you can go by horseback. And as I said before, it's not for everybody because some people love to see this, but they want to go back to their air-conditioned room with a TV, a flat TV. No, it's not going to happen. <laughs> right? So you need, you need to rough it up a little bit. <laughs> Uh, and here, of course, the programs are normally for three nights, because by the time you get to Cuiba or to Campo Grande, you have a good uh, two or three hours to get up to the point of where you're going to start your programs. So uh, with three nights, you see just enough. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, you can you you have three, four, ten nights, depending on how adventurous and how much into the ecology you are. But uh, the average uh, tourist would go for three nights, mm -hmm. and you can fly from Rio with no problem. And, uh, of course, now you also have uh, 
going further south, you have Santa Catalina. What a surprise. Santa Catalina has nothing to do with the rest of Brazil either. Mm -hmm. Most of the immigration was German. So mm -hmm. you have blonde, blue-eyed people. Many of the crew members of Tam and what used to be Varick came from that area. And they have great wines. And, of course, uh, all the wine probably that uh, supplies real Brazilian wine comes from that area. Mm. And then you also have Florianopolis and all these beach resorts on the coast, which are beautiful. And again, these are all the same type as in Bucios with boutique properties, bed and breakfasts more, uh, not that popular with uh, the Americans, because they don't know it, but the beaches are gorgeous, and they're very popular with the local uh, and people from Paraguay, because they can be easily drive there, uh, and Argentinians and Brazilians, of course. So they're very happy to keep it that way, because <laughs> that keeps the price low. <laughs> exactly, and it's for them. And it is, like always, their own little secret, because it's beautiful. <laughs> and once they are discovered by all of us, it will be <laughs> probably right. not as beautiful, because we're going to start building all kinds of high-rises right. and mess it up for them. <laughs> yeah. But right now, if you want to really see something great, go to, to Isla Grande, which is one of the places that have all these hotels. And they also have houses for rent really? in all of yeah. these areas and we do have them available which is great when you're going with a family because they supply you with uh, you know maids and everything to take care of everything mm -hmm. and uh, and they're gorgeous houses yeah. I mean beautiful yeah. so you can get easily a five bedroom home and wow. have a whole family reunion and go to one of these places and spend a week having a great time. Hmm. So, yes, this is uh, one, of, one of the perks that Brazil does have, and which we do not have in other countries. But mm. our uh, office in Brazil does have a lot of homes and apartments for rent all over Brazil, if we want it. Oh, wow. So they are available. And, and, and Martha, how is it when, like speaking English? Uh, can you get by okay? Do do most do most people understand English, or is it is it kind of difficult sometimes? To... English is widely spoken is in Rio, oh, Sao Paulo, okay, and the main cities, yeah. right? And of yeah. course, if you're going to a, a high-end property, yeah. you will definitely find English-speaking people. Right. But do not expect English to be widely spoken in the stores or in other places. Oh, no. okay. okay. That you won't. Obviously, you're in Rio, yeah. and you go to H. Stearns, they'll speak German, French, Italian, English, and every language under wow. the sun. Wow. And they ask you from the beginning, what language would you like to be spoken with? And they'll give, put the person to help you that speaks your language. Wow. Not only that, they send a taxi to your hotel to pick you up and bring you to their store, mm. which is not a store, actually. It is a building that has a museum, and it has the, the main store, which is in Ipanema. And, of course, they cater you like a king, even if you don't buy anything. 
uh, with a coffee while you're, you're looking at the gems and the jewelry. And if you don't want, you know, a very expensive jewelry, they also have a souvenir store. For people like myself that I can go and buy for five bucks something, you know, and bring it home. Mm-hmm. But very beautiful souvenirs, you know, very well done. Yes. So it's something, for me, it's interesting to go just for the museum mm-hmm. because it's, uh, they explain to you how each gem is uh, done and worked from the moment it's a stone, mm-hmm. rough stone, to the moment it becomes a jewelry and how to design the jewelry depending on where they're going to market it. Mm. So let's say you're going to buy, go to H. Turns in Vegas, which they have their their stores in every big hotel. You see that the jewelry in H. Uh, in Vegas is very gaudy and very big, and you know, like right. this. Mm. Then you go to Fifth Avenue, where they have their main store, uh, right there next to St. Patrick's. And you see H. Stearns, and the jewelry is more refined. It's a different type of jewelry, mm. right? So mm. they market to the public wherever they're at, depending on what it is. It's very interesting. Mm. It's something fascinating to see, plus the fact that, of course, Hans Stearns started from nothing with $500, I think, that's and became a worldwide jeweler. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, from, from yeah. nothing. And wow. now his mm. sons are in charge. The most down-to-earth person. He passed away already, but oh. he drove his little Volkswagen and had no problem. Like <laughs> <laughs> <Nice>. really, <laughs> yeah, he, he was fantastic, and he worked with all of us, all oh. the tour operators. He would come to New York and call every one of us one by one oh. hmm. to see how we were and how's the family and how's the children, da da da. Because of course he was a marketing man. Mm-hmm. He knew I was going to send clients there, so had to keep me happy yeah Yeah, but this is part of all the uh you know uh what goes on in brazil Mm -hmm. and uh, then again as i said brazil there's one thing that's very important that people should know Mm -hmm. and is that uh real i shouldn't say brazil real is not a destination for children i think children are bored in rio Mm -hmm. there's not much for them to do Rio is a night country, and during the day, the people are just lying on the beach or, you know, or, tired uh, from the night, at the yeah. hotels in their, yeah. in their pools, <laughs> waiting for nightfall or waiting for <laughs> 5 o'clock to go have their first, first drink, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Kids are very bored. There's yeah. just nothing much yeah. for them to do. You have to take them to places like Recife in the north and go to one of those resort properties on Salvador Bahia or Angra do Rey, as I was saying. Mm-hmm. Places where the kids can enjoy. Um, but Rio itself, when people tell me, oh, I'm going to take my three children, one of them is four years old, the other one is seven, the other one is 13, <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh, my oh, God. That's going to be tough. I did that once. <laughs> <laughs> once. And my kids were already 12 and 14, and you should have seen those faces. They were shocked. I hated <laughs> here. There's nothing to do. I can't understand a word they're saying. The television is in a, in a language I don't understand. <laughs> oh, my. No, no, no. Never. Today, today, one of them is the owner of my company, right? Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> That's funny. But he yeah. had to become a man, and the other right. one is also in the same industry. So, That's funny. And today, she says, I would go to Rio in a minute. Right. <laughs> Not when he was 12. 
so yes, it, it is not a children's destination, real. The rest of Brazil, yes. Take them to Manaus, take them to Salvador, take them to Recife. Mm. And, you know, maybe mm -hmm. one day in Rio to see Corcovado and Sugarloaf and out right. of there. Mm -hmm. But uh, for the average person, yeah. it can be a destination that you would never forget. I mean, honeymooners or, or people already, you know, in their middle ages, this is this is something that uh, is a must to to go at least once in your lifetime mm -hmm. because it is a fascinating country and the diversity is so incredible that you come back wondering wow you know and I thought Brazil was only samba <laughs> no they, it is uh, a little bit of everything and very right. European in many respects mm -hmm. and then of course. We cannot leave Sao Paulo out, right? Sao oh, Paulo right. is the capital yeah, the of the financial uh, center of Brazil. This is where the stock market is. Mm -hmm. And when you arrive to Sao Paulo, you have to kind of make sure you're in Sao Paulo and not in New York. Because mm -hmm. it's all high-risers. Mm -hmm. Everybody has a suit, <laughs> okay, yeah. which wow. is nothing that you see anywhere else. Yeah. Everybody is in business, rush, 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 very in a hurry, everything, and the traffic is tremendous. But it is the place where all the banks are, so most businessmen will go to Sao Paulo for business. We have private limos, one of the only places in Brazil where you would have uh, private limos, and many of them have to be registered by the companies that are sending uh, executives down there because they want the security. Right. So we can only order certain types of, uh, of transportation that will be cleared by their corporations. And we also have a lot of people traveling from one end to the other in helicopters because if they're in a hurry, that's the only way to get from one end to the other. Uh, and again, of course, this is one of the main ports for all the cruises uh -huh. in Santos. And uh, it is about two hours from Sao Paulo. Many people going on cruises will arrive to Santos and say, oh, we want to do a day trip to Sao Paulo. So, yeah, I guess so, but you're going to spend <laughs> most of the time trying to get there and out. Yeah, the traffic, right? yeah, yeah. Right. Because the traffic is tremendous, yes. Especially mm -hmm. if you're doing it on a weekday, no? from Monday to Friday. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's uh, important for people to understand that personally, when people tell me they're going on, on this uh, tour that they want to hit everything and they put some, uh, Sao Paulo in there, I tell them, not really. You don't want to go to Sao Paulo if you're a tourist. There's I nothing agree. there for you. Yeah. Right. But if you're going on business, then yeah. you have no other alternative. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, you know, last but not least, we have Iwasu Falls. And Iwasu Falls is, of course, one of the most beautiful and largest waterfalls in the world. Mm. And uh, there's a little plaque there that uh, Mrs. Roosevelt put when she went to visit, saying, poor Niagara. <laughs> Because in reality, <laughs> Niagara next to Iguazu is really nothing. Niagara might be very, you know, big as far as the waterfall itself, uh -huh. but Iguazu covers 
Brazil and Argentina and part of uh, Paraguay. And we have one of the largest hydroelectric plants there, mm-hmm. which up to a couple of years ago was the largest in the world, worthwhile visiting because mm-hmm. it's spectacular. But both sides of the falls are quite different. If you are on the Brazilian side, uh, the catwalk is very big and is is um, made of lots of of smaller waterfalls. Very beautiful. But then you get to the Argentinian side and you have Devil's Road, and that's spectacular because it's like a, all the falls. It's like a hole that it all merges into one big hole, you know, and it's uh, and it's <laughs> quite impressive. And you have boats that will take you all the way to the falls. You know, you actually get soaking wet and then mm-hmm. you come out the other side and they're kind of cowboys because they like to make it very impressive. So everybody's screaming, <laughs> you know, you see these things coming on top of you. Say, oh, my God, I'm never going to make it. <laughs> I <know. laughs> Why did I get myself into this? Yeah, but it, it's uh, it's definitely something to do when you go there, no? That's right. Yeah. The only unfortunate part is that if you're only going to Brazil, and as uh, most people might know or not know, you need a visa to go to Brazil, and it's about $150, right. and right. it has to be issued by the consulate. Before you um, go. Hmm? Before you go. Right. Oh, definitely, yes. Yeah. And you should give yourself at least a month, if not two months ahead, mm-hmm. because sometimes they're very busy and they take uh, they can take up to three weeks to get the visa back to you. So you need a visa to enter Brazil. Now you go to Iguazu and you want to see the Argentinian side. Mm-hmm. You can't go in if you don't have a visa for Argentina. And that's another $150. Mm-hmm. Which, it, 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 yeah, wow. Yeah. yeah, the advantage, of course, is that you can do the Argentinian visa online. Oh, okay. But you have to do it. So now you have 150 for Brazil and another 150 for Argentina, and the question that comes up, which of the two sites is better? All right. <laughs> All right. right. <laughs> That's... It has a difficult answer, you know. <laughs> uh, it's in the eyes of the beholder, I guess, but... If you're in a budget, hey, by seeing Brazil, you're going to be fine. You're going to get an overall idea of what the faults are like. Uh, If money is not an issue, then go to both, because all you do is cross the uh, Friendship Bridge, and that's it. It's it's right there. It's all together. So you can do it, but there is an immigration post there. So if you don't have a visa, you can't come in. Let me ask, can you, if you go, you're in Brazil, you go to the Argentina, can you come back to Brazil on the same visa? Oh, yes. The the oh, visa for okay. Brazil and also for Argentina is good for for three to five years. So, yeah, mm-hmm. make use of it and go back. You can go in and out as many times as you want. To. Oh, wow. And is that for Thank Europeans, you. too? Do Europeans need a visa? Uh, most or? Europeans. And I think most. that in the case of Europeans, many, many of them might not need a visa. Oh, okay. And okay. Don't forget that this is reciprocal. Yeah. So yeah, right, if, right. if they need a visa to come here, yeah. they will need a visa uh, the other way around. To go, right. Okay. Uh, now... As far as, for instance, in the case of Chile, Chile was very smart. They took away the visa. 
Oh. They might need a visa to come to the States, but they took away the visa for the Americans to come in, oh. which has consequently, I mean, their their tourism has increased. Uh. The same thing with Peru and Ecuador and Colombia. We don't need... The only countries that need visa in Latin America are Brazil, Argentina, Bolivia, and Paraguay. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Crazy, <Yes>. right? <laughs> but, yes. Yeah. Uh, but at least Argentina is very easy. You just go online, you pay, and you get a little receipt, and you're done. Oh. Brazil, it's a little bit more of a hassle because you have to do it through the consulate. The consulate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Could, but, we don't want uh, to... Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. We don't want to end without talking about when is the best time to go to the southern Brazil? Southern Brazil... Uh, is there for, uh, the, the weather is going to be uh, between the 60s and 80s, probably. That's the the low, the lowest you will find is 60 degrees, which mm-hmm. you can even feel it in Rio sometimes in June, July, August. But uh, nothing, nothing terribly cold. It just won't go up more than 75, 78 degrees. Mm-hmm. But then during the summer, which is of course December to April. It can go up to the 90, well, not as much, but high 80s definitely, and very humid. So depending on what you like, some people prefer to go during their winter, which is dry and it doesn't rain as much as it rains in the summer because of the humidity. But uh, the which is real down below. Down the further down you go, of course, the colder it gets because now you're getting closer to Argentina. But as cold, I mean, 60 degrees, 63, 65 degrees. That's it. Mm-hmm. It might not be swimming weather, but it's definitely beautiful weather too. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. before we go, we thank you tremendously for your wonderful detailed description of southern Brazil and by all means could you tell our listeners how they could contact you Uh, certainly we are in Raleigh North Carolina so that depending on where you're calling uh, you know the times we are open from 9 in the morning until 6 in the evening and our toll-free number is 866-993-0033 and, uh, of course, you can always uh, go into our webpage, marnellatours.com, and you will find all the information you're looking for. Uh, and you can even make your request online. But if you need anything special, just give us a call, and we'll be there to help you and take you by the hand. Everything is tailor-made, so it's very simple. Whatever you need, we can set it up. That's great. And I hope to hear from everybody. Yeah. Yes, and I know they will because you certainly know Brazil. Yeah. We thank you again very much for being with us. Thank you, both of you, and I look forward to coming back. Yeah. yeah, Very soon. We'd love to. Yeah, Martha. (laughs) Yeah, thank you so much. That was a great show. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Chris, and I hope we can talk uh, a little bit more about all our plans for the future. Yes. Yes.
thank you for listening to our show from all around the world. We really appreciate that. And we'd like to uh, give a shout-out. Uh, thank you to Stephen Pratt for helping compose the music, the wonderful intro and the ending of the show. And i also like to uh, say thank you to James Steed uh, for helping with the website and audio information. And also Nate Scholes um, about uh, getting us on the right track and helping us on the podcast on Travel Advice Show. Um, So thank you so much, and uh, enjoy all your travels around the world.